0: It's time for a real estate roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent Terry Story. Terry is a 29 year veteran with Caldwell Banker located in Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry.
1: Thanks for having me, Steve.
0: So we are kind of in the mode of Congress trying to figure out a new tax bill, and it has some implications for real estate. Name one for me.
1: Well, first, you know, the current capital gains is up to 500, which is a home sales tax exemption as long as the seller owns a home and resides in the property for two of the five years. But Congress wants to change that to five out of eight years. So what does that mean? It means you're going to have to stay in your house longer if you're in a capital gains situation. Again, that means you have to have gains of over 500,000. Typically, Steve, you're not going to see that in your average home unless the market really yeah. accelerated and appreciated. That's not a house value of five hundred thousand. That means you're actually profited.
0: Yeah. So you bought it for a hundred and it's now worth six hundred. That five hundred thousand dollar difference is exempt from tax.
1: Right. And okay. then you have to factor in, let's say you put in new kitchens and baths. That's all. Oh, sure. That increases your
0: cost. Yes, exactly. So if you put in fifty thousand dollars and you paid a hundred, you put in fifty to fix your kitchen. Now your cost basis is 150. So now the tax. So save your receipts. You say, you save your receipts, mm-hmm. right? So this is really only for those who have appreciation greater than 500,000.
1: Right. Okay. That's one of the changes. So, you know, I don't know if it's really gonna hurt that many people. You know, they're saying that half the sellers are, you know, between 18 and 34. They're the ones who tend to move quicker. Yeah. Because it's their first home. Their incomes are growing. They're more apt to make a move up. And if you take away a tax incentive, they're mm. thinking that maybe they'll stay longer in their houses, and then it slows down you know new people trying to enter into the marketplace from being able to buy.
0: Yeah, but still, I mean, the first five hundred thousand is tax exempt. How many people are really going to experience growth in two years of their home greater than five hundred thousand dollars? Right okay, It's a very small amount. You know, talking about taxes, let's talk about this idea about eliminating the interest deduction that you get. From your mortgage. right? What is your industry saying about that? I'm sure they're not happy about
1: that. Oh, yeah. Well, the industry is jumping up and down saying, no, you can't touch that. It's going to hurt our industry. Obviously, I'm going to fight on the side of the realtors and say, yes, that's not a good thing. But at the same time, I'm not well versed enough in knowing all the ins and outs of this. Because for example, they're saying they're going to take away the mortgage deductions, but then right. they're going to increase standard deductions like the marriage I don't know what it's at now, but raise that to like 24000 yeah. So I don't know how many people are going to be affected mm-hmm. or not be affected. This is the way that I look at it. It's an incentive. It's a benefit. But at the end of the day, people need roofs over their houses, whether they rent a house or they purchase a house or drive their house around. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, you need a roof over your head.
1: You need a roof over your head.
0: The taxes are like a nice bonus. Think of it this way, too. So let's say you have credit card debt. You know, sometimes at the end of the year when you're doing your taxes, you say, oh, I wish this credit card interest was tax deductible, but it's not. The only thing that's tax deductible is your mortgage interest. But yet these people, you're still going to have credit card debt because you're using it. You've got other things in mind for the use of that card. And it's the same thing with a house. You're still going to have to buy a house. And yeah, it would be nice to get the mortgage deduction, but I really agree with you. I don't really think that's the primary driver when it comes to buying a house. Right. Yeah. We shall see. We Neither of us are experts in this area, no, but I think- yeah.
1: So I'm going to fight that the deduction stays, but whether yeah. or not it does, I don't okay. know.
0: All right. So, you know, a few weeks ago, there was an article in the New York Times, which discussed the fact that rental markets seem to be softening a little bit because millennials were going out and buying single family homes. And yet you've presented me with some information that says that single family rentals- which includes townhouses are actually edging out the purchase of single-family homes. Take us there.
1: Yeah, apparently the builders are building a lot of the rental townhomes, single-family homes, and there's an attraction, especially by the millennials, for these type of properties. And basically, the bottom line is, is they can't afford quite yet to purchase a home. Mm-hmm. So you know, on the flip side, from a builder's point of view, I've, I've got to believe the reason why they're doing it is it's more profitable somehow. You know, not being a builder, I I I don't know what the costs are building a rental complex or even a rental single family home versus a home that they sell. But apparently that seems to be the trend. Well
0: the trend is probably created to some degree by the fact that there's a lot of millennials that don't have enough money for a down payment to buy a home. So they're renting. Right.
1: Obviously there's a demand for it. So Yeah. You know, one one person wrote or said, I can buy lots in areas that I can't sell homes. But I can rent.
0: Yeah. So they can buy the lot, but the builder is saying, I can't build a home to sell it, but I can build a home to rent it. Right. And I think that speaks total volumes. So I want to switch gears here a little bit. I want to ask a question about something we were talking about off air. And here's the question Should a buyer allow the seller to stay in the house after closing?
1: You know, we hate to do it. And sometimes it's a necessary evil. And there's two theories in it. If you're gonna do it, I say you have something in writing. In a particular case that I just experienced, the buyer said, You know what, I don't want anything in writing because if he's not out in forty eight hours like he says he's gonna be, then I'm calling the police for trespassing. Mm. I am the rightful owner of the property and yeah. I have nothing in writing. Yeah. Mm. Giving him permission to remain there. Where I say if it's in writing, then you have some legal recourse. But in reality, then you have to evict him and then you go through a whole process of eviction. Yeah. Just try as best you can to avoid the situation. Extend the closing if you have to. It can be a bad experience. I've seen all kinds of things occur.
0: You're trying to be a nice person. You
1: try to be a nice person. It's an, but a it very could
0: backfire on you.
1: Yeah, it's a very awkward situation when you're presented with it. And you want to be the nice person, do the right thing, but you have to protect yourself. So think it out thoroughly consult an attorney before you make that decision. I agree. Just know what the potential downfall is to it. Yeah. Think
0: about what you might be getting yourself into.
1: Right. Liability.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My guest as always is Terry Story. She's a 29 year veteran with Coldwell Banker located in Boca Raton, Florida, and she can be found at TerryStory.com and she can be heard at StevePomerantz.com as well. Thanks, Terry.
1: Thanks for having me, Steve.